Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, our very special guest is Rohan Jilks. He is a serial entrepreneur, a doer to the extreme, and he's working on a lot of great products and services that are helping to transform service industry folks. He's even a multi-million dollar company owner. So in this short time as an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur that is, he's scaled up his companies that he's built from scratch and he's impacting others. He's even been recognized by the White House, Africa, African-American Roots, and so many more organizations. So Rohan, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and how you stumbled upon your entrepreneurial journey? Um, sure, thanks. Um, first off, thanks for having me. Um, Definitely, welcome. So like around, um, you know, I graduated college. Um, I did accounting business in college. And I started working for an accounting firm right out of college in 2000. And for the next 11 years, I worked in accounting finance in, um, you know, for, for different corporations in the DC metro area. And, um, you know, while I was doing that, I, I just did not love it. I did not feel um, any excitement about waking up and taking the train to go to work. I felt like my life was just not looking in it wasn't where I expected my life to go when I had dreams for myself when I was growing up. And I wanted to find a way out, a way out of corporate and a way out of just that, that really structured life where I had no opportunity to use my time, how I wanted to use my time. So I, I knew the only way out was entrepreneurship and I had to build something. I had to make something. And I knew the only way I could make something was if it was online because I didn't have the money to do like a restaurant or a retail shop or anything like that. It had to be something online where I could start with next to nothing. So I spent um, from about 2009 to about 2011 reading every blog I could find about internet marketing. Um, and then I would try things. I would actually try to start businesses. And I tried a bunch of things. I started a dating site. It's <laughs> so random, right? I, um, I started an affiliate marketing thing where I would try to make money from eBay or Amazon. Um, not Amazon, I think, uh, eBay. Um, I started um, kind of like an advertising agency for bloggers. I just started like, oh, just, just hustling and trying to make something work. Mm-hmm. Nothing worked, but I kept going. But along the way, I was getting better. I was getting better, and then I stumbled upon um, my first um, business that worked, and I quit my job, and, but that's kind of the short story, but finding my first business that worked wasn't just like, I, tried, I decided to start something, and it worked. I started multiple things that didn't work, and then um, I found the thing that worked. Yeah. And let, you know, history tell it, or let social media tell it, oh, he became successful on his first business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, out there so many times you see people 
make it seem like if they were just an overnight success but they don't really talk about the part where it's like no 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 the first like year two years three years nothing was happening I was not making anything I was you know but I learned I was learning along the way um could you talk a little bit about one of like the biggest lessons you think you learned in that like um trial and error period yeah so I I I really I really like that you said that because even now people say wow, Rohan, everything you touch turns to gold. <laughs> gold. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fam, that's like, even now I start different things that don't work out. So, you know, business is not, it's not like a, a straight line that you just get up and walk to, to the TV and change the channel and money start, starts to pour in. No, you're going to stumble. You're going to, you're, you're going to hit your knee on the side table. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. But, um, but um, one, of the, one of the things that I learned in that period, and even now, is there's only one way to win in business, and that's to take, take the, the, the shot. That's mm-hmm. like, like basketball, that like you've got to take the shot. If you want to be comfortable on the sidelines forever, overthinking, overanalyzing, oh, let me do a a 50 page business plan let me let me map everything out if you if that's your orientation you are more likely to be on the sidelines forever me mm-hmm. i am the type that if i read something and i say oh because this is a good idea i actually take action on it i like i anything i read is like a recipe <laughs> i'm not i'm not reading how to how, how to bake cookies just for fun i'm i'm reading how to bake cookies i'm going to walk to the kitchen and i'm going to start baking them and if you get that orientation, you you take action, you learn so much more, even if it doesn't work out. So that when the right thing happens, you are gonna kill it. And when the right thing happened for me, I um I was able to quit my job in nine months. I I got to my first million dollars in twenty-four months, and I've since done over thirteen million dollars. Wow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> taking action is important. You cannot be afraid of failure to the point that you paralyze yourself into doing nothing. The only way you can be guaranteed to be in the same spot next year as you are into this year is to do nothing. Definitely a hundred percent agree with that. And so often people, you know, question, right. Um, why are you trying so many different things? They don't even know about the ones that, you know, didn't even make it to the gate because you did try it, but it didn't um, become successful. But the thing to pull out of all that trial and error is really the lesson, the, okay, what can I take from this? Yes, the plane didn't fly, but the engine was working. All right, I'm going to take this engine and put it into the next thing that I'm building. And that knowledge that you keep recycling over and over. And then like the fact that um, you were able to apply test it out. Okay. This is not working. Let me not waste any more time building it. No more time thinking about it. No more energy doing it. And let me move on to the next thing. Um, there's a quote, I forgot who said it. Cause you know, everybody says has their quotes these days. Um, it's better done than perfect. I think that was, um, Cheryl Sandberg. I think so. Maybe I, I th- I'm not hundred percent sure, but just, you know, getting it done. Right. Yeah. And then, so that way you could know, okay, there's there has to be one way to do this thing there's 10 ways that i see so far could be the way at least now i tick off that one all right that's not it let me move on to the next the the more you try the closer you will get to that big success but if you're not you know ticking off the things that don't work you're never get any you're never gonna get any closer to that successful one that is gonna be a hit right yes (laughs) 
absolutely right. I, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk a little bit now of, you know, your upbringing, because I hear a little bit of an accent. Could you tell us where you're from? Yeah, I, I, I was born and raised in Barbados, um, southeast, the most easterly island in the Caribbean, I believe, all the way down south. And um, I moved to the U.S. at 18 years old for college. I got a scholarship to go to college. No way I could have afforded college. That's not going to happen. That, <laughs> that was impossible. And then um, I then, you know, moved into accounting and business, which the accounting side, I hated it from almost my first day at, at my job. <laughs> it took me another 10 years to rescue myself from, from that. Nice. Um Let's talk about, I want to unpack that a bit because, you know, most of my listeners, if they don't know already, they should know that I am Jamaican. I was born and raised there. And, you know, I feel like your Caribbean culture has like a huge part to play in my entrepreneurial journey and entrepreneurial passion and drive. So um, could you talk a little bit about like what role, you know, being from the Caribbean, being an immigrant to the United States um, played into your, you know, aspirations when you did decide to become an entrepreneur? Because I know also, you know, the, the accounting thing, again, any immigrant knows this, <laughs> not even just to the Caribbean, you know, I've had, um, a lot of Latino immigrants on here and black immigrants on here. And we were talking about, you know, the, the, the roles that you, as an immigrant child that you have to go get, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a nurse, or a teacher. Anything else other than that? It's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean you're quitting job? What do you mean you're going to do something online? So it's just like a running joke, but could you talk a little bit more about like what, you know, your Caribbean upbringing and cu- culture has, how it's impacted your um, entrepreneurial journey and your um, businesses? Um, yeah, um, I, th- this is a, a super cool question. Um, so growing up, like all around me, everybody was hustling. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you can't really just like grow up in the Caribbean. I mean, you can, but just like in my neighborhood, which wasn't, you know, people weren't well off. You had to have like, you had your little job. Then you had your little side hustle there. You would sell Aki's. I would sell newspapers. I did construction. I helped my friend with their lawn care. I would get money just to run to the store to buy stuff for the older people in the community. Like you had hustles. You had to have hustles growing up because there was no guarantee that I would have enough money to buy my school books from my parents. So I had to be hustling. So that was always in me. That was always in Mm me. Like, okay, I got to find a way for myself. I cannot depend on some person to smile favorably upon me in order to secure my livelihood so that was very important and so even when i i got here yes when i went to college i i had to study something that i knew that what when i graduated i would be able to get a job even if if it wasn't like the main thing i wanted to do i had i had to be very practical there there isn't any fallback like i can't Mm -hmm. I can't borrow like ten thousand dollars for somebody. <laughs> like, like this is not how it works. Your cousin never have ten thousand dollars sent down. Daddy didn't have a hundred dollar loan to lend you. What's going on? <laughs> nothing, nothing, everything. Like even then, that scholarship, I had to figure it out on my own, like how to get mm-hmm. the and all this stuff. So, so that part, and and looking back on it, it was good because. I, I came from a background where nothing is handed to you. 
there's no opportunity. Like even if something would be handed to to you, there is nothing to hand you. There's like <laughs> so. I've always been hustling. I got my job in college. I would I cut hair in my dorm in order to like have spending money. Um, then I, even when I had my full time job, I I I would do copywriting for people online to make some more money. So I've always had this orientation of you have your real job if possible, but you always have to have something on the side that if something goes wrong, you get laid off, which happened to me around the real estate downturn in 2009. You, you have a second source of income and maybe that second source of income could become your first source of income. You're able to then rescue yourself, be completely free. And now I'm completely free. I can live anywhere I want. I can travel wherever I want. My entire days are completely free of any obligations I don't want to do. But that, but that takes putting in the time and the effort into building that side hustle. I want to die. I want to unpack that now, right? That what you just said about putting in the time and, you know, learning it, perfecting it, getting it done in the initial phase. And then now you have the access to the, you know, the luxuries, the travel, the flexibility, those freedoms. Um, yeah. Cause a lot of people got it all, all backwards. They're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow, and I'm gonna have financial freedom the next day." Like, no, 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 no. You're quitting your 40 hours a week to work 80 to 100 hours a week for a certain amount of time, and then when you build up that, you know, business, then you could go back get now your flexibility. You know, you have your team be able able to manage that stuff. So, could you talk any um, points of uh, about that? And like, do people, you know? have that misconception around you, do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> You're asking the best questions. People are always like, so, so Rohan, like, did, did you just quit your job and start? I'm like, quit my job and do what? I'm like, what am I going to eat? Like, <laughs> like ramen noodles? Like, there's no way. So for me, in a way, what I always tell people, if you have not to, to this point proven that you are able to build a business to the point that it can sustain you, sustain your livelihood, pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever. If you haven't proven that, why would you quit your job to then try to prove that? Like all that does is puts you under immense stress and your decision-making isn't going to be good because if it doesn't work, like everything falls apart. You don't want to be in that situation for me. And what I did, I stayed at my job. I got my paycheck every two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was making maybe 55,000, maybe $60,000 a year in DC. And I'm like, I'm going to stay here. And then after work, I would go to this coffee shop on um, 14th and V. It's called Bus Boys and Ports in DC. And I would sit there until midnight and I would work on my business. I would wake up in the morning at like 6 a.m., work on my business for like an hour and a half, then go to work. I rinse and repeat. Nine months of doing that, I got up to $50,000 a month. And I still was at my job because Mm -hmm. I felt like I don't know how this is going to continue. I got to be sure. I wrote my resignation letter and I kept it on my desk for two months. Just, just, I I was still afraid. I'll be really honest. I was afraid like, like, because if this thing fell apart, I don't have anything to go back to. And I'm still, you know, it's just, I had no choice to make, to make sure. So I even stayed, stayed at my job longer than I, I really should have. But I quit. Everything worked out. And, um, and now I'm in, at the point where I'm at. But I would never advise people to quit their job, to, to really you, you know, risk 
at this. It's very risky. I would rather have a, a sound foundation. If it doesn't work, if the first thing doesn't work, I'll go do the second thing. If the second thing doesn't work, I'll do the third thing. So they find what works and then I'll leave. Nice. I really truly appreciate that, you know, insight and, and explanation because again, so many people have it mixed up. Um, I tell people, you know, don't quit your job unless you hate your job and it's like truly hindering you from getting up. If you can tolerate your job to go every day, get the work done to you, you know, the best of your ability, then go after work, before work and do your side hustle. Um, do that because don't think of your job as a, a day job or whatever, you know, it's holding you back. Think of it as an investor in your business, right? You know, whatever connections that you could get out of your job, um, networking events that you get because of your job. Um, what other things, you know, you get access to certain information that maybe is not like proprietary but you know you wouldn't have it without that job so see what the job can truly have as an investment into your business while you're building it on the side until it's able to now you've built it up to where you need to be there full-time and then you have the ability to choose right because once that choice is gone from you then it's you're, you're just stuck with what you get versus you're the one leading that decision like oh i could stay here at my job or i could you know, work for my own company full time. So be ready to understand what that decision, that decision means for your life. Not just, Oh, I'm just going to up and quit and then see what happens. Um, most times if you do that, it's going to be a little wild, a lot wild, and it could get real crazy real fast. Even if you have some type of savings, I would definitely recommend people wait until, you know, you have your business is generating, you know, consistently to the point where, you know, if I am there full time, it could generate even more. And that there's some form of guarantee because especially as like people of color, most of our families, again, didn't even, it's not that they didn't want to give us anything in the next generation. There was nothing to give. Um, and be mindful of that. Don't pretend like, Oh, you know, magic is going to happen. Yes, you could get lucky, but the chances of that happening are very slim. So be thoughtful and think about the decision before you make it. Um, now I want to take a little shift into your, some of your misadventures. Um, we were chatting and you have a story to share about moving 10 people into your house. Let's talk about that. What led that decision to happen? What needed to be built? Um, and how did you make it work with so many people how many bedrooms are there uh can we talk about that misadventure oh yeah for sure um so i i came up with the idea to build this company called inclusive which is um very much like airbnb where people can list their vacation rentals on the platform and people can come and book him and you know travel all over the world and the platform earns a percentage of the booking and that's what we wanted to build. And over the last few years of building businesses, I kind of have developed like a team of people that I build each company with. So you'll, you, you will see people like Dara on each one of my companies, people like Kevin, um, you know, like, I, I, like my, my technical person, my designer, marketing. So, so we have a team and we build businesses together. They work out. Great. If they don't work out, great. We go on to do, do, do the next thing. And when the inclusive idea came up, um, it was starting to get so much press that we kind of felt like we needed to be in one place. And so I was like, well, come on down. Um, it was a, a three-bedroom place. And then I had like a movie room that we put some couches in there for people to sleep. 
and everyone came down and we lived like that for one year in Tampa and built out inclusive and um and yeah it was a really really fun time it was my first time meeting many of them even though we had already made so much money together but we had all been working virtually until that point and we all like the first time we met was the first time we moved in together (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah wow (laughs) and how was that you know how did you guys manage to not kick each other down because I have family and you know once we get one and two people here going it's like a craziness how did you guys maintain sanity yeah like um I mean well we had a couple of things built in like we so we had a personal trainer that would come to come come to the house every morning so we would work out and and that helped too with with, with just get, getting the art the endorphins going and everybody in a better mood and we would have like barbecues on the weekends and we had a pool we would do like midnight movies and so so we had a, a lot of ways to make it fun and then you know people would go off and do their, their own thing as well but we got along really well and we knew that we get we got along because we had been working together before we just had never been working together in person but we got along really well and it was a really fun time i, I don't think there was one single fight in the entire year everything was fine yeah what <laughs> that is good that is god sent because maybe maybe that's why you know work work friends versus like family because i know you know you get to the barbecue family barbecue cookout things are getting crazy but for 10 people that haven't even met each other in real life to be able to work with each other for a year and build you know a great company that is truly um magnificent so now what are you up to these days you know you're a serial entrepreneur you've done a lot a lot of amazing things over the years but what are you working on now what i'm working on now is this program called 27 days to launch is um so basically as i built out my you know my first big business it was a home cleaning it's really a home cleaning business it's a platform where i would connect home cleaners with people looking to get their homes clean that was my first big business so i i talked about that and i shared the process of basically taking these old school traditional service businesses and making them less like taxi services and more like uber mm-hmm. and i brought in all the technology I, we have mobile apps and we we kind of brought in all the technology to make that happen for myself first and then i made it available for other people to use through a company called launch 27 and so I shared, I shared it with them. And a lot of people started these businesses and are also doing really, really well. Combined now, um, and this number was zero just four years ago. Now, combined, we're doing over $60 million per year um, with this business model that I came up with back in 2012. So um, it works. And I decided to put it into like a course that includes the technology and all that. And that's what happens at 27 days to launch.com. Yeah. Nice. And like, uh, Oh, that's the website. I was about to say, how can people find out about this? Um, and what do you think is like the ideal person for this course? Like, what would you say, um, you want people to kind of get out of this program that you have? Because I know, you know, you said you built a system for yourself, but, you know, for folks that are out there not feeling encouraged enough. And we see so many times um, these catchy name programs that people will go into. And then at the end of the program, it's like nothing has changed. It's just another program. What, you know, makes your program stand out? And like, who is this program truly for? 
Yeah, so I, I would say it's for people that um, were like me. You work in a job that you don't love, or you work at, you, you're in a career that you do love, but you just, you just want to try something else, or, 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 or you want to finally build your first online um, internet-based business. And people like that that are coming through, that was me when I started. Except now that I package all of the things, all, all of the experience I had, all the challenges I had, I kind of pre-solve them for people. I don't say, okay, first of all, here's a course that walks you through everything and what to do on day one, what to do on day two, day three, day four, all the way up to day 27 so you can launch and start to get customers. And here's all the technology, and we're going to plug it in for you so you don't even have to get stuck with technology. Here's the website. We're going to install it for you so you don't get stuck with, with the website. And we just really kind of hold people's hands and walk them down this path, the same path that took me from, you know, having a corporate job to now being able to, um, you know, like last year I came to Vegas. I loved it. I went back home, packed my bags, and then moved to Vegas the next month. <laughs> wow. So able to do those things like that's the the, the path and, and and we try to walk people down that same path and how you can extract yourself you, you start the business you grow it you build it you scale it and then you're able to extract yourself from the business move or live wherever you want take a paycheck and go build something else and that's what i've done yeah yeah and that's truly like the entrepreneurial path and i think what a lot of folks also fail to to realize is that as an entrepreneur especially just even in like the name of itself is like what an entrepreneur is you know you're supposed to be building you know and and that sometimes mean you know building one thing getting employees creating systems putting things in place for it to run itself and then you to move on to build something new from scratch look at examples you know elon musk oprah you know some of like the big names that people want to recognize you have to be able to build something that does not so deeply depend on you yeah. that, you know, the systems and the employees can run it. And that's how you get back that freedom, that flexibility, that accessibility to do what you, what you want to do essentially. Um, and a pick up and move to a whole nother state or another country when you, when you feel fit, when you see fit. Um, as we're coming to the end of the interview, I'll usually ask folks about, you know, what's some type of information or advice that you think the listeners out there should definitely know about the entrepreneur journey, about, you know, getting stuff done, about tackling these challenges, any pieces of information or like tasks you want to tell them, you know, go do some homework. This is what you should be doing as an entrepreneur or uh, one day hope to be entrepreneur. Yeah, so I think that there there are tons of skills in entrepreneurship that you that you develop over time, right? That things that you do and you get better at. But there's, but there's a part of it that has to do with mindset, where you just have to make a decision. It's not something that you can really um, start out being okay at, and then you get better. It's something you just have to make a decision at, and just be good at it right now. To, in order to, to get moving and getting, and getting better at other things. So I like to use this analogy, like say, for me, the whole process of entre entrepreneurship is how do I become comfortable working in the dark? Mm -hmm. 
So our whole lives, like we 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 kind of like like we get a job, we know exactly what we're gonna get paid before we start. So we're in the light, like we know what our our tasks are gonna be, we know where we have to go, we know who our boss is. So we're really comfortable operating in in the light. Like we're really comfortable. We know we know our paycheck is gonna hit our bank account on Friday at 12 p.m. We have this certainty, and it's really comfortable, and it's all we know. Now, we have to forget all of that when it comes to entrepreneurship because you know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know where the first check is going to come from. You don't know what the amount is going to be. You don't know how long it's going to take from that first check to the second one. Everything is in the dark. So my analogy that I use for that is, say you are in this dark hallway, right? And you have like a flashlight. But the flashlight can only point, it can only point at your feet. That's the only way it can, it can point. And you can only see like the small round um, little bit of light that's just one step away. You can't see anything else. So you're like, okay, I can see that one step, I, I take it. Then the flashlight just goes forward one step, you take that next step. But that's all you can see. And that's where the comfort has to come in because your entire um, career building businesses is going to be like that completely in the dark, except one little tiny light. And that tiny light is just the next step. That's all it is, the next step. So you can stand there in that dark, dark room and say, okay, let me pre-plan. Let me try to solve what I'm going to do when I get to the end of the hallway. Let me write out this case study. Let me write this business plan. Let me raise funds. Let me do all this. Let me wait until I, um, until vacation or let me wait until I graduate my college let me do all this stuff, but you're just, you're still standing there. You're, you're still standing there. The goal is forget all of that and just take the next step. Just take it. Just take that one step. When you take that one step, you're going to see the, the, the spot move forward a little bit. You take the second step. Before you know it, you're at the end of the hallway and you're out and things are a lot clearer and you're able to make moves and take action and, and feel really good about yourself. But you can't do that unless you have the courage to just take the next step. So I'll wrap this all up by saying you got to take the step. Take the step. Just take, take <laughs> that. Just take it. I'm serious. Take that step. And, and when you take that step, the next step is going to be apparent. You can't be in your head. you, you got to be in the real world taking action in order to become an entrepreneur. Wow. Perfect. That, that right there, you guys heard it from a multi-million dollar from scratch entrepreneur who's done it again and again and again and if he's telling you this is the thing that you need to do he ain't saying go big he ain't say raise a huge thing he said just take the first step then the step after that take those baby steps because they will add up and you might not see it sometimes but trust me it is adding up and you know if you're in the right circles if you have the right people around you they will let you know hey you're on the right path and if you're not in the right circles get some new circles (laughs) um so you know be around people that will positively support you be around things that influence you make you happy and take those chances take that first step and put it out into the world trial and error is how you're gonna learn how you're gonna get to your you know big ideal shot but if you don't start with those 
simple steps you're never gonna make it there um thank you rohan for being here with us um guys if you want to find out more about him his information will be in the caption section you can always go to doing the most that xyz to find out more information and we'll catch you on the next episode of doing the most thank you so much for being here rohan thank you so much for having me awesome. you're very welcome thank you thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of doing the most catch us here next week same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.